Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today I am so excited to have on a 37 and 62 year olds from Stratford, or more precisely, Tavistock, Ontario, Canada. Their hockey journeys took them to Canada and the USA, staples and legends of the Stratford Colletons. One returns to the shed after episode 96 with Stretchy and Daryl has just surpassed 400 plays or goals and is best known for almost completing the two-mile run in 12 minutes while attending Western Michigan University. The other fella comes to the shed as, I think, our first NCAA Division I champion, where he ran amok with the University of New Hampshire. But he is best known for his rendition of the song My Humps in the U Club of <laughs> Kalamazoo. Welcome back and to the shed, Ross and Reed Yahtzee. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Wally. It's great to be here. I just want to straighten out one thing. What's that? I wasn't I wasn't an NCAA champion. We went to the final four twice and lost both times. So So I still don't have one. Then what was I you got like a certificate? You said yeah, you know, it's, it's it's like a participant ribbon. Oh my god. <laughs> now I feel bad I put it on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, you got to be a lot more proud of it than our hockey accomplishments at Western Michigan. Avery, you know? yeah, more than we got. Way more yeah. than we got. Yeah. I don't think they gave us a participation <laughs> certificate. No, isn't that what the running was all for? Isn't that what, isn't that why we ran? We, we did participate in a lot of running. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. guys had it easy. We had in the off season, we had to run uh, five miles in, uh, in 35 minutes. Five kind of miles in 35 Six, minutes. Wait, so they had, to do us, they had to do what we did just times way more. It's the same pace. That, that doesn't do. sound like that's attainable. What, how, what that's, I didn't, I didn't if say I got my math hat on right now, that's seven minute mile. We were doing six minute mile, but you're running that much more. Zero chance I could do that, and there's zero chance I, mean, I could yeah. do two miles in 12 minutes. I I almost got it. I think I was like 13 and a half, right? <laughs> I didn't do I didn't do the first two miles on that seven minute pace. There's no, no way. I Reed, think I was like Reed. Reed, you you weren't close. <laughs> you you no, weren't close at all. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I put it in first. the opener. I don't. I, uh, I think you were 15 and a half, man. That's what I mean. I wasn't under seven minute miles. No way. <laughs> Oh, you're breathing heavily. You're breathing heavily after a couple laps. <laughs> oh God, yeah. But uh, gorgeous shirts you fellas are wearing, and I get into how we know each other. And uh, this is like the very first uh, shed visit where I've just seen you guys. <laughs> <laughs> We've been good too. Yeah, you were just in the shed the for real. 
What? How many people on the pod have been in the actual shed? We might be the first. No, there's been a couple. There's been a couple oh, the of boys. local fellas. Yeah. 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 There's a few locals. But anyways, so how we the know each other is uh, you guys were just here. Well, first off, I'll get in that. Reed, you were my college roommate the whole time at Western Michigan, right? We'll get into that. But you guys were just here for the Concard and Silver Stick Tournament. And shout out to all the volunteers. And Derek Burroughs, episode 35, I think. And McQuillan and all the minor hockey fellas that put that on because – if they don't volunteer and still set that up after the pause, if they just let that slide and don't uh, make it happen, like all those kids wouldn't have got to have that memory with their buddies. Right. No, sure. They could have, they could have easily said, all right, well, let's prepare for next year. Yeah. And they did. They made her happen. So well done. And uh, shout out to the under 13 concurrent Canucks that won it. Um, they won the whole deal at home. So I'm pretty sure they had a fun night in Concordia. <laughs> um isn't, and isn't, every, isn't every night a fun night in concord they can be if you're in your shed <laughs> <laughs> um but the other part of how we know each other is you guys are the only ones that know about the walton's favorite store in the world the random store <laughs> great store man what a store yeah daryl's purchases yeah yeah, yeah. So Daryl, I was gonna say Daryl's maybe makes the store. The store is just a store, but the Daryl's a big part of it, right? Wait, for sure. Not um, too many stores you can carry a fifteen pack into and leave well, there, with only. Four. And, and there's not many seven year olds that on their birthday say, "I want to go to the random store," right? Um, so Zoe, yeah. shout out to you. That's what you want to do on your birthday, and you know what? It's what your dad wants to do too. During this COVID baloney. We show we go to the Amberly store. We pick up a couple tall boys, go to the random store with Daryl. We stop in. I shoot the shit. We drink a couple tall boys. And then the kids search his antique store and find the coolest shit you can find as a kid, right? Like talk was, about yeah. entertainment. Right. I'm I'm I've used my candy dish a bunch of times already. <laughs> yeah, I used my <laughs> um, but some of the stuff we've got there easy bake ovens um a thor hammer an old wooden thing and like different weapons for colby and the creepiest dolls you could ever find and like he, it's a flat fee 20 bucks a trip <laughs> it's the beers that, that you brought in that's all it cost you well that is a lot sometimes i get freebies now that we're real boys it used to be 20 bucks for whatever the kids found the kid, but yeah the kids both left with stuff i didn't see you pull your wallet out even, oh, even I, I supplied the beers. Yeah. Even even the two old kids found a couple things. You guys did, right? What was it? You got coat hangers with uh, yep. railway made of railway pegs. Railway nails. Nails. Yeah. To, uh, live live edge wood. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, and like he's he, making good stuff. He it's it's them, fun. Yeah. Like it's really fun. Some of the shit the kids found in there, like the pictures we get to take every time we leave with whatever we found. It really is my, and it's right around oh. the corner from my house. What great entertainment. <laughs> just good family fun at the antique store <laughs> so thanks for coming hey. and uh rito you stayed for an adult sleepover that was also fun yeah that was a great time <laughs> um i guess the only other thing though is uh we gotta we gotta dissect my dinner okay because i wasn't good enough i put in a lot of work because zoe asked for homemade pasta I went all day, I grinded it out, I make her homemade pasta, and then I don't through, go through the effort to make a good enough sauce. I, I served it to you guys plain with just a little bit of spinach. 
right? Yeah, but you know, it's like it's like the NHL games. You still got a point, you, even though you lost in the overtime. You still got a point. Did I get to overtime just for making the noodles? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That, yeah. It, didn't, sure. it didn't. Once once I ate it, I I didn't feel like a win. It didn't. Well, it wasn't a win. It was it was a one point tie. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't have my my a game but i grinded it out but it was just the finishing touch i didn't have any finish around the net like i went well, all the, i get all that work i get right by the net and i don't make the little sauce to make it all better right i don't i don't make a couple more vegetables in the bowl just to make it a yeah, little bit better well, you were down early you know it was they were looking a little runny at the start you were down a couple goals early on You're you right. battled back you thickened it up add a little extra flour and look, yeah. you made homemade pasta noodles. I mean, I well, can't do that. Well, Zoe, Zoe was happy I did make the noodles because she likes them plain. But for your guys' sake, I just don't, don't feel like I uh, – I just it, – it wasn't my best effort. I'm sorry. You got to review the performance, right? You got to look at yourself in the mirror and say, what did I do wrong? What did I do right? You know? The let's, noodles let's, were fine. Uh, let's make it a two out of three. Yeah. <laughs> we're up one game. Oh, uh, man, the mess. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go through that <laughs> until her next birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a silver stick next year. Coop's still in the U15 next year still. He'll be back in Kincardine in December I, next year. I can't wait. Adult sleepover? <laughs> 100%. 100%. Oh, yeah. um, so, the, I guess the other way we know each other then is uh, the Colletons versus Sugar Kings is when we would have first met Yahtzee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Junior B. Roscoe, you were just watching back then. You were you you had been the coach, right? Before I, I did coach there before. Yeah, I played there and coached there, and then I was watching you guys uh, at that time, like a good parent does up in the stands, and it was a good series. I thought for sure Strafford was going to beat Elmire, but uh, it wasn't meant to be. What year did you think they were going to beat us? <laughs> oh, I mean, was, even Reed, even Reed deep down knew we wasn't going to beat us. I was, was going to Wally. That was in 77 when we beat him. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would um, say it was a great rivalry, but doesn't don't both teams have to win once in a while for it to be a rivalry? Wow, it was yeah. more just and I've had Jeff Van Nyanat on before. He's as competitive as they've ever got. And he got cut from you guys and every time yeah. he played you he just really got upset you know that was that was really the demise of that was the deciding factor in that's in that like because like if we didn't cut if you know if he didn't get cut from us he wouldn't have had the fire that mm. like he, there's no way he played with the fire he played against the colleagues no every, well it was a little bit more amped up for you guys but he yeah. was pretty fired up all the time it okay. didn't matter if it was even ping pong man <laughs> okay, even okay. in ping pong he was fired up well, I mean, um but yeah. shout out to the sure kings they are donating a game worn jersey yeah the folks will be able to pick the green or the white one whoever wins but we're gonna have a raffle and uh former potter shed guy kyle rank runs a charity for people to uh to give kids equipment that can't afford it um, it's called Friends of Hockey. So we're going to raffle off the jersey on my website. And then apparently I'm going to get to go out at Center Ice at a Shuriken game and donate the check from two L's and Hockey Tales to Ranker. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll be good. Be good. That'll be really fun. And the other uh, jerseys we got up. Opening face up? I think. I don't know if I'll get to do that, but um, I'll, I just think it'd be cool to get a picture with the check and that, like, drinking beers with you guys can help raise money for shit like that, right? <laughs> You're going to yeah. get a big novelty one, right? Like a huge one. I would right? like to, right? You yeah, don't want to like give them a little one. That picture would no, suck. No, you got to get a big, huge one. 
Yeah, with my logo on it, right? Oh, yeah, big time. Hanging Let, in the let's shed. Let's do this, yeah. Um, the other jerseys up, though, is the Matt Sundin. By the time people listen to this, it'll be about done, but it's ending on, uh, I think, in three days, whenever that is. So three days, that's over. So buy your ticket at aleshockeytails.com, and it's an actual Matt Sundin signed Leafs jersey, folks. That's cool shit. So buy a ticket, and Matt Carruth has a Cardiff Devil goalie has a signed uh, jersey or game-worn jersey and stick up for raffle to raise money for hemophilia for his nephew. So, you know, Shed's helping people out by crushing beers, right? I just want to let everybody know that that's, that sweater, I touched it the other day, <laughs> last weekend, and it is it is authentic. It's got the autograph on there, and I feel I can feel the maple leaf power mm-hmm. come through my arms. Mm-hmm. It's legit, folks. I even have a letter saying it's legit. So buy your tickets. And for the money for the Sundin jerseys going to Sick Kids Toronto. I don't think I said that. Anyways. Wally, your website? Aleshockeytails.com. Aleshockeytails, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then we're going to keep doing raffles, but you got to like make an account and then you can buy tickets for all the raffles, you know? But once you set up an account, folks, it's real easy. Okay. anyways um and then i guess the other part is uh how we would know each other roscoe is um when we went to western michigan the parents came a lot too didn't they (laughs) we came a lot yeah it was a lot of fun and we uh we wanted to be students but we were too old well you didn't act like it no, well, that was that was part of it. That's why we like you guys so were actually teaching some of the college kids like how to hang. I yeah, thought. well, we, we've got a little bit of uh, experience behind us, so I can see why that would happen. Well, and I could see it, right? Like if my kids ever went to like uh, college, like Western Michigan, and I was older and I, I and I got to go hang out there for a weekend, I would want to do exactly what you guys did. Oh, yeah, uh, my favorite going back to the hotel room and hanging out there by ourselves. You wouldn't want to go back yeah. there and hang out by yourself when you go to the U club and uh, we had a stripper pole. Yep. Yeah. Crush, crush drinks. The, my favorite thing was the vodka taste testing that they would do, but it was always, I think it was what five o'clock vodka was always one and Smirnoff was one and there'd be a gray goose bottle, but all three cups would have five o'clock vodka in there and they would have people picking which one was the gray goose <laughs> taking three shots of five o'clock vodka. <laughs> I would have to say my favorite memory was when um, <laughs> it was a very carried away party, but uh, when um, <laughs> two gals had my parents like pressed up against the wall and were trying to, um, <laughs> you know, trying to get to know them <laughs> in the, trying in to the hump kitchen. <laughs> trying to hump the hump. Yeah. I, 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 they were being forceful, I think. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, that stripper pole in our apartment, I think that really, uh, I guess it just, it, it, again, it brought a lot of entertainment, right? It set the tone when you walked in really, when you walked in there and you, you look, you kind of went down, you looked down and you noticed there was no shoes by the door whatsoever. And then you realized everyone was wearing the shoes. And then you kind of looked over to the side and there was a stripper pole in the corner. And then you're like, all right, that's, I know what's happening in here. It's, it's that, yeah, it's that type of a party i guess i <laughs> I, I there's like there's some memorable stuff that like if you just don't have a stripper pole there for the opportunity it's just the things don't happen right like jeff pierce i remember had a memorable dance um 
Roscoe, I think my hubs came on and you had a pretty memorable dance one time, but was that at the U club? Where was that? Uh, that might've been at the U club, but I know that the clothes were still on. Right. Yeah. No, but that, that we never had people really strip and get naked. No. Right. We, no, it no. was all in good family fun. Just like the shed folks, PG. Right. Exactly. Okay. So we can get into Western Michigan a little bit more later, but <laughs> um, last thing of how we know each other, I guess folks, if you're not figuring it out, we know each other quite a bit by now. <laughs> um, I guess I've known you since a lot since Western Michigan, but knew of you and the Coltons, but okay. I've stayed in your condo in Collingwood. That's right on blue mountain, right? Yeah, you betcha. It's a great place to go skiing. It really is. And uh, that brings up uh, today's sponsor, Property Valet and Stay in Blue. Um, it's two guys that I used to work with at Superheat that are, are now working there. And um, you have a deal with them, right? You work with them out there? Yeah, we uh, we go up and use our condo. And then when we're not using it, they'll uh, they'll rent it out. and They'll take care of it like a like a VRBO sort of thing, but they, they basically uh, do everything for you. Right? Everything. Yep. Yeah. Like they, I don't think they will wipe your ass, but they pretty well will do everything else for you. Right. Yep. Well then yep. everything after they do all that stuff, they send me a check at the end of the month. Yeah. And um, nice. so folks, there's, they got both sides. They do property valet. So if you own a place in the Collingwood blue mountains area, they'll manage it all for you. And then they got stayinblue.ca, which is where you can go for vacation, skiing, golfing. That's what I did. That's what I was there for. I was on a golfing trip and um, really funny story from that trip. But anyways, uh, it's right on Blue Mountain and they have tons of places just like uh, Roscoe's here. And um, tell you, it was one of the funnest trips I've had since moving back to Canada. And that's at, with Property Valet and stayinblue.ca, folks. Shout out to Dave Murray, the uh, goaltender for the Walkerton Chiefs. You know, he walks like a goalie, talks like a goalie, and I miss about superheat. <laughs> <laughs> but they've built quite the empire out there, so keep up the good work, fellas. And thanks for sponsoring the shed. Yeah, right? they're good. They're good guys. Well, and if you want to get into bed with good guys, right? That that's uh, a good company to work with. Or uh, if you want to go to Collingwood Blue Mountain. There you go, right? They'll take care of it for sure. Yep. Yeah. Just not wiping your ass, folks. <laughs> right? Everything but the ass wipe. Everything but the ass wipe. Okay. Roscoe, where and what are you doing now? Well, we're working, uh, we're working in the landscape construction business. Uh, Reed and I are partners. And it's something I started uh, a few years after I got back home from college. And uh, just started with a pickup truck and a wheelbarrow and a shovel. And now we've got uh, excavators and skid steers and dump I, trucks and all kinds of things. So just I watch some of the stuff on Instagram, right? It's uh, what Pavestone Plus, Ross Yancey's Pavestone Plus, and some of the shit I see yeah. on Instagram. You guys pretty well do everything. You got you even do pools and mini golf stuff, right? No, yeah, cutting greens. We don't install the pools, but we work around a lot of pools for sure. But uh, right, artificial right. putting greens and uh, lawn replacements. Uh, I I always remember Reed's uh, outdoor kitchen with like the built-in barbecue. Always got me hot and bothered. Never had such yeah, a thing. That was sweet. Mm -hmm. So you do that, that sort of stuff too, right? You can make the outdoor kitchens. 
Yeah, everything. Anything you want outside your house, basically, we'll do it for you. Yeah, that's Ross Yahtzee's Pavestone Plus, folks. Don't get it mixed up with Reed Yahtzee's. It's Ross Yahtzee's, right, folks? <laughs> I remember one time that uh, there was four people stopped in at our house. I think it was you and uh, and Chauncey and Dana and Scott, and they uh, came here at 4 o'clock one afternoon. Or We stopped in to see you. That's, uh, that's just yep. the hockey family. Cabinet maker. Canadian Pale Ale. Get some uh, travelers, and uh, you got out in the uh, on the T block, and our, our putting green was about sixty yards away. Shanti got a hole in one. First 60. shot. I think it was the first shot. He got an actual hole in one. Got folks like you only had one hole on that green, right? And it was a sixty-yard well, we, shot. We had four. We had four, four holes, but his first shot was a hole in one. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, getting it in. The holes was impossible it was like you had to bounce it up on the like the actual grass before it hit it to get it to stay it was a tough shot the whole one out from there was impressive it's really cool that you guys had a 60 yard shot in your backyard though yeah yeah it was really, really cool. dialed off first from 60 that's about the only yardage i know for sure i can hit <laughs> 60 um so you can Roscoe, you still golf a lot, eh? Because you sent me that picture for your poster where it looked like you had to poop. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I had to. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> you just had a very un- awkward, like, squat with your yeah. legs really tight together. You weren't, well, even was, the, you weren't even letting the boys breathe at all. I was on hole 15. Maybe I had to pee, too. I'm not sure. <laughs> maybe you just shanked <laughs> one, eh? You were feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way you hit a good shot after you post for that photo <laughs> well you know we we do golf a lot and i try and keep up to uh up to my wife rose and reed's mom rose because uh, she golfs as much as i do so really that's good when they golf that much week. that's good yeah i need to golf three or four times a week to keep up to her that's kind of like skiing. I, if I, when I was in Europe, I would have skied way more, but Lisa had never really done it. Um, and that's like, same with golf, right? If you get the wife into it, you're, you're golden. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good, uh, activity to share. Right. <laughs> it's one of the good activities to share. That's why they golf together. They golf four times a week, but together once a week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh so reed i guess we've covered where and what are you doing now you're you're working with your old man but you're probably yeah. a little more in the action eh yeah i'm still running a crew i still go to the job site every day slug away yeah and it, ross right. is just up there in his ivory tower or what oh no he's he's probably the busiest one he's got to line everything up and do all the all the stuff that no one sees all the all the hard work Right, putting the jobs, actually building the jobs is easy. How many guys you guys got then during on season when she's go time? Six guys uh, in the construction. So me and five other guys are so two crews of three is what we've been running for the last little while. Um, yeah, and then and then dad takes care of the sales, estimating, scheduling, product ordering, all the all that all the other stuff. The, the 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 office stuff see office. If, we, if we had three crews then i wouldn't be able to golf as much yeah you don't need that right there's a <laughs> there's a trade-off there yeah yeah absolutely yeah you got to know how much to do right you got to still live yeah you bet yeah, yeah for sure. you can't be 
well yeah you got a third crew we need to hire and you guys are busy in the summers realistically right like that's your go time and that kind of like that's always not that fun to be always busy in the summer is it well you know we we work about eight months of the year and uh, our guys only work uh five days a week we don't work saturdays or sundays well that's good so they still get their summer usually back at the shop by five o'clock at night or five thirty and you never have a beer after work right no, I don't think there's any. There's no big, team camaraderie at the end of the day. You guys don't have no beer in the bags, shop, right? Average bags full of empty beer cans sitting around that shop at all. No, there no. wouldn't be. That's a workspace. <laughs> uh, yeah, if we did have those, I should have taken them to our bottle drive for Coop's ball team, and I forgot to. So they're still sitting at the shop, the theoretical cans of bottle or bags of cans. All right. Okay. So um, I guess that's what we're doing now. And you said you started that business basically right out of university, right when you well, moved after home? I, yeah, in 87, I graduated in 82. So, so what makes you think to do that? How do you get into that? Because I always find it interesting how what hockey guys choose to do after. Like, how do you choose that? I, uh, I worked at that as a, uh, as a student. For and a you learned that. Yep, so kind of learned the trade a little bit and then uh, – went into the uh, feed business, which our family's in and my training is in um, and did that for five years and then thought I needed a change. So in the feed business, yeah, our family's in, in the feed, feed manufacturing business. So we supply farmers with feeds and fertilizers and things like that. And things like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that industry that well, you know, I always <laughs> live near the, the farmland and everything, but I never really knew much about it. Well, you know, when that, when that jug of milk came out of the fridge, yeah, it, it actually came out of a cow. No, actually, when I was playing for the Wolves, um, the fellow that saved me on our side roads there, you remember when I was showing you the back roads around here? Yeah. Um, uh, the fellow that saved me when I was stuck on the side road a couple of weeks ago, um, when I uh, was with the Wolves or whatever, when we were hanging out more often before things were busy, I went over and milked his cows one morning at 6 a.m. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Wow. You do know where the milk comes from, Wally. Oh, I've milked cows. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the people that know the ant stuff part of that one and feed and fertilizer and things, the people that know about that know what he means. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was actually, it's funny joke because <clears throat> when this guy keeps making clothes and stuff to sell, I'm like, well, I think we're going to have to find more udders to milk because we can't keep milking the same udders. <laughs> That's right. right. You got to find more people to buy clothes because you can't keep, can't keep milking the same udder. <laughs> oh, Sometimes that cow goes dry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's just no more milk to give. <laughs> Okay, so you guys, uh, Ross, did you actually grow up in Tavistock or Stratford? Yes, born, re- born and raised in Tavistock. And uh, Stretch says everybody in Tavistock's named Yahtzee. Is that true? <laughs> Not quite everybody. There's been some. Uh, there's been some imports coming in. That's good. You got to get some fresh blood out there, right? Yep, it's it's hybrid vigor. Uh, you know, it changes the bloodlines a little bit. So, yeah, that's good. good. We even we even confused a few people by. Changing, you know, Yancey spell with a Y. We we changed it with a J to make it Yancey. Yeah, just to make it look like we were a different 
different crowd. <laughs> That's a silent J. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The J sounds like a Y. People thought it was Jancy, but it's still Yancy. <laughs> Um, so it's a strange intersection in that town, though, eh? The, the five-way, um, thingy, majiggy, <laughs> right? Five corners. Is there many accidents there? Not uh, anymore now. <laughs> yeah. There's lights there now, and there's, there's a lot of the times you'll find someone that, that gets caught in the kind of a no-man's land. Because a few of the things like the stop line. If really I fun. feel like if someone's watching a GPS and like they pull yeah. up there and they're like, okay, I got to turn left. But then when they start turning left, we're like, whoa, there's more than one oh, left. There's, there's <laughs> two lefts and two rights. <laughs> Which one do I take? No yeah, no straight. You can never go straight. You always have to put a signal on. You're either veering left or veering right or turning left or turning right. There's, Absolutely. there's no straight. No straight. Um, <laughs> fun intersection, though. I always, I always get a kick out of it every time I cruise by. <laughs> There's interesting things. You see some interesting uh, maneuvers in there. Yeah, and then Shotzi shows up and hits a hole. What and everybody's having a day. <laughs> okay, so um, Roscoe, how did you end up getting into hockey that grown up in Tavistock? Well, I grew up with uh, three older brothers, so we played uh, on the ice rinks at home. And I had three, of course, I had to keep up to them, so that helped my development a little bit. So I played minor hockey in Tavistock, played a little bit of junior in Tavistock, and then went to uh, the Stratford Culledons. Played two years there, and then did you uh, play in the Will William Allman Arena back then? Yep, the William Allman Arena. Would it have been? Time. How old would it have been at that time? How old's that arena? Well, I don't know. It's, uh, it's old. It's got, uh, it's, it's, it's a classic for sure. When we Wally, talk when about we, arenas, when played uh, there, Wally, it looks the same as when we played there. Like what? when he played there in the seventies, yeah. it didn't change until like after his like third stint coaching in the late two thousands, like is when they re renoed it. It stayed so, exactly the same other than some paint touch-ups, I think. So when we played there, it's still the same, right? Mm -hmm. yeah i really think that that arena when i talk in the shed and we always talk about barns around the world i think that is one of the best arenas in the world i think it's awesome yeah it's yeah. It's, it's, it's an the ice is a little bit smaller than it should be but uh but that's what i'd and, like you gotta skip the dressing rooms are a little bit big. smaller than they should be but it, it is a great place to play yeah and the atmosphere for a it's junior kid, it's wild, right? Yeah, it is. You know, great uh, shirts, a, guys. Great shirts. On a regular Friday night, there'd be a thousand <laughs> people there, and then in playoffs, it'd be sold out in playoffs many, many times. Yeah, I, I actually never thought looking at you two would turn me on, but you guys are wearing two else hockey tail shirts. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um. So you played two years for Stratford, but I was curious then how do you get recruited to D1? Because back even when Yance and I were getting recruited, we were just getting the pamphlets in the mail. We didn't actually know what was going on, right? The internet was just starting, not to age us too much, Yance, but like um, we well, didn't really know what was going on with these schools, right? We didn't go on the internet and research everything about them and see all these videos. No, yeah, I, I didn't know any of that stuff either. I'd uh, tried out for the Toronto Junior 8 
Mar Marley's a junior eight team at the time. And then uh, didn't make that team. And then I got invited to Stratford's camp uh, by the Flanagan family, who's been, that name is synonymous with uh, hockey in Stratford. And uh, they, they, I made the team. And then um, there was a pipeline of players at that time going to New Hampshire, starting with uh, even before Terry Flanagan. There was a couple guys before that. So I got a question about that. Is Terry Flanagan, was he the coach? Of no, Denny Flanagan. Denny Flanagan was a general manager. Okay. And I played with Terry in New Hampshire. He's has since passed on, but uh, and Dennis Flanagan played at Northern uh, Michigan, and then him and I came back in the mid '80s and coached together with the Cullens, with Denny Flanagan as the general manager. So <laughs> okay, I remember a Flanagan being around yeah. when Yachts and I, right, were around. He was the coach. He was the that coach. Was, that was Dennis. That was a little older than I was. Yeah. yeah. So he was the. There was a Flanagan coach. I didn't know yeah. if that was the guy in New Hampshire with you, but I did, did see he had passed. Yeah, they're, they're brothers. They're brothers. Yeah. Okay. He actually uh, coached in Bowling Green then. It's interesting how everybody like knows someone in hockey, and that's how people get places, right? It's like, how does New Hampshire find out about Ross Yahtzee in Stratford, right? Yeah, that was because the pipeline was started already heading down that way. Right. So it's, uh, yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, so then, when you get recruited there, how do you do? You know anything about it, or you're just like you went with someone? Hold on, I got it here. Research team was hot. Frank Barth, also from Stratford. Yeah, Frank. Frank was a year ahead of me. Him and I played together one year in Stratford, then he went ahead of me to New Hampshire. And then uh, Dan McPherson and I played together in Stratford for two years, and we both went down together. Then the next year, Danny Forgette came down, and then the two year and uh, the year after that, two other guys from Stratford came down: uh, Ken Chisholm and, and Paul Barton. So we had quite a pipeline going hey, down. There. You guys were getting full rides. Full rides, yep. And, well, that's and awesome. Were other rides, were other junior B players getting them? Like, what did Elmire have a team? Were they getting any? Was anybody getting yep. any? Yeah, Junior B was uh, was more heavily recruited at that time than what it is now, for sure. Yeah, no, that's cool. I, I was curious how you ended up there, but I did see there's some Stratford ties to it, the research there bunch, team. There's a bunch of guys there, yeah, that went to those. Okay. Um, their, their, their dynamic with their four is very, like, uh, Chiz and 4, 4G and Barney and, and Dad, it's like, it's like you and stretch and Daryl and me, like those four, like I, I remember as a kid going, I went with them when I was a teenager down to uh, their alumni golf weekends and stuff. And like their dynamic is very much our dynamic. Well, it's interesting. We start talking around, there's a lot of teams and there's a lot of people doing the same stuff we were doing. <laughs> mm -hmm. <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> just, a uh, just a different, just a different other in here. We just knew each other from junior. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, when you actually, the other thing is like, when you look at a lot of rosters as the research team may do um, is NCAA teams. When Ross was going, a lot of Canadians on the team. Uh, when we went quite a few Canadians nowadays, you look at a roster, there's maybe one or two. They're Americans, man. And they're yeah, good. Yeah. They're, and they're doing good. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. the Gary, the game's growing in, in the U.S. I think is probably more of a reflection there is that the, there's that many more players in the U.S. 
the Canadian kids are staying put and playing in, this, in the CHL, maybe. Oh, yeah. And wow, they're just, there's more of them and they're good. And yeah. they got the training, the facilities. Pretty wild. Yeah. Sorry for burping the mic, folks. Okay. Yacht, <laughs> uh, yachts, we talked a bit about your career, but you know what? You guys both played for the Colton. So, how did you start with the Colton's, Rito? Well, you know, I probably started as a fan of the Colton's, like anyone that grew up. Colton's Nation, let's call it, is similar to Leafs Nation. Like, oh, if sure. you lived. Sure the, King Nation back in my day. Yeah, right? yeah. any other junior town, but you know, Stratford was the closest junior team to me as a kid, and you know, dad coached. So I watched me and mom sat up. How old were you when he was coaching? Navigating well, Lieutenant Bayfield Brewing Company. <laughs> I like the last your last stint when I was a kid was in what nine early nineties. Yeah, uh, my last uh yeah, it would have been uh, 89, 90s when we won. The championship, and then I retired. 8990 uh, math brains yeah, hot. Six six. Reed. Yeah, right. So five or six is or some of my first earliest memories are me and my mom sitting up in the top corner. Um I would down I would take kitchen. you in the room too, Reed. Uh, oh yeah, no, for sure. I'd come up yeah. I'd come out to practices and skate around and training camp and stuff, and you know, like it was the greatest. So like I I dreamed my whole hockey career of playing for the Coltons. It was, yeah. it was like the one thing I knew I wanted. It was like before I wanted to play in the NHL, I wanted to play for the Colts. So, I mean, when I was I understand. 14, when I was 14, I got the invite that a lot of other players get to their rookie camp, whatever. And I was so pumped and I went and got invited to main camp. And I was so excited. You know, I got cut, obviously I was 14 years old, but, you know, to get to go to main camp. And then the next year I made the team and it was like, Maybe in hindsight, probably should have played Bantam that year. But I mean, it was my lifelong dream was to play for the Coltons, and it was being realized. Like, I have no regrets over playing there at 15, but you probably you know, could have developed have, more as a young buck right? playing minor I hockey. Have, yeah. I probably shouldn't have been a fifth or sixth or seventh defenseman on a junior team. I should have been the first or second defenseman on my triple A team, probably. But, you know, yeah. I was five foot 11 190 pounds already so i mean i was wasn't like i was outmatched or out you know any of that that that's, that fire behind you is mesmerizing my don't gosh turn, don't holy moly i don't There's even know what i was I trying to talk to you guys. stay awake at the same time hey, holy, I, what, I, what, I, I don't see holy crap that was wild i was like <laughs> I don't know if I'm falling asleep or what's happening. <laughs> so Roscoe, when he's trying, like, obviously I remember it, I guess when I was making the shirt Kings and it was kind of like, when you make it, you made it. Um, as a dad, do you ever give any advice or like, when do you get involved in his decision-making? Well, I, I watched, uh, I watched up in the stands as a, more as a coach than as a dad to see if he, to see if he was out of place or not. Yeah. And he didn't look out of place, you know, as a 15 year old. I remember him being ready when he played. Yeah, he didn't look out of place and he was strong enough. He was physically strong enough. So just a matter of, you know, getting. It's, it's interesting when it's time to move up and challenge yourself or when it's still time to develop and play more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think I think the, the biggest thing for you, Reed, um, maybe should have waited a year before you went to Western Michigan because you went yeah. there as an 18-year-old, right, instead of a 19-year-old as some guys. And Stretch yeah. said the same thing. Stretch said he went too early too. Yeah. But, you know, when you get that offer, you – You take it. Yeah, you take it, yeah. Right. It was sure. the same thing with, with a similar situation for me, for sure. Like, at 15, like, you make a junior team, are you going to say no – thanks i i'd rather play bantam no you get a d1 scholarship offer from a legitimate at the time top 15 team in the nation you're not saying oh you know what coach thanks a lot i think i should develop yeah. in junior <laughs> yeah no i bet i yeah, better i better I, I better stay back for the call yeah, i don't think do i, I want to play that coach? Yeah. Like, come on let's go that's what i wanted um actually uh I especially guess. after you turn down chances to go to the O. like i had you know i obviously like most guys that gets called he's had a chance to play in the ohl and the team that drafted me wanted me to play and i just basically that oh uh, windsor you know read uh right after you talked about it in your podcast uh at the stretch and daryl and you guys were on um right after you accepted the scholarship windsor called and wanted you to come and play in the playoffs for them no i know i remember that yeah. i remember that whole year leading up like the year before I was even eligible to play, I remember the GM came to my house with like a Christmas, a code or something at Christmas time. Like still, I everyone got that kind of, does everyone get a meet, a meet from the GM? Like, I don't know. No, they don't. No, no they right? definitely so the don't. GM came to my house to like convince me to come play. Oh, and when, when oh, teams like, really show oh, you how much they care, then um, yeah. like it makes you want to go there more. So then, um, I remember like Brampton, they were like, yeah, make your own decision. You're like, you're on the team or whatever, but you're kind of like yeah. on the edge. Um, and they were very honest. I was Stan Butler, former shed guy. Um, but what was I going with is how did you decide though? Like, you're not going to go do that. I remember Brampton then called me, but I had already committed to Western Michigan. They did call and say like, we want you to come. And I'm like, well, I got my scholarship. I did it. So I'm fine now. How did you decide? Like, did you already commit to Western before you? No, it was, it was actually, it would have been. So after I got drafted, I got. Uh, How high are you getting drafted? It was not, I didn't get drafted until the 15th round. So it was a late, super late pick. Um, the GM showing up at your house? Yeah. So the, the, whole, the 15th was, round? It was more that they thought I was playing college because your dad did. And I was playing yeah. Stratford were typically we were, they were more college driven. They were getting a lot of scullies every year. Um, and yeah, dad did. So I think, and I think Dennis was probably telling scouts that I wanted the college route. As soon as you start telling people that, right. Yeah. Then you, then you start the talk starts to go down. Cause I was, I don't know what those rankings are, but I was not the top ranking, but the next ranking, whatever the next one's down. And it was like a double, double AA or whatever. Yeah. I wasn't the top rank, but I was ranked where players getting drafted in the top, you know? So you're no, but you're the, uh, you're the year um, after me, you're in 84. I was yeah. that year where they switched to like a band draft. I was the very last pick. But I was only eighth round. There was only eight rounds yeah. that one year, and I was the very last pick of the draft. But then that next year, there was like two ages together, right? So now it makes sense. You're a later. It was pick. more, yeah. So I yeah, yeah twenty something rounds that year. But anyways, so I didn't. 
I got ended up getting a concussion in a preseason game with the Cullies that year, like the day I was going to go the next day. Yeah, that's I right. Got a concussion, just so I didn't go down to camp because I wouldn't have been able to do anything. I had a concussion, so that was that year. That was my draft year. So then the next year, so then that Christmas is when they came to visit me, and then so over that. And you're summer, playing junior B at that time. I was playing junior B as my second year B, and I and that summer. You know, I basically got the feeling from them that, you know, I was on the team. Like, it wasn't like if you're coming down for try training camp for tryouts, it was like I was coming down to like move into the billet house I was going to live in, sort of thing is the way, is the feeling I had. Like, that's what I felt. If I felt if I went to Windsor for training camp, I was going to be a Windsor Spitfire. I wasn't going down to like, get a feel for how things go and you know do See, this and do that. that's funny because when i went to brampton i thought i was going for like a feel of how things were and like i was like just checking it out and then head back to elvira and then the bills yeah. were like no like when i got there they're like no they told us you're on the team like you're moving in and i'm like yeah. no i'm just here to check it out <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and so that's and then so i made my decision like the week the day like a couple days before we were going to leave to go down to Windsor for me to like move to fucking Windsor basically in my mind. And I'm like, you know what? I, I did rather... you feel ready? Did you feel ready to move away from home at that age? I mean, maybe that's ultimately why I chose to stay, but I don't know that it wasn't that I didn't feel ready. I just, maybe it was, maybe it was that I seen my buddies that had gone the OHL route, not having great times with it. Yeah. Fourth line you know, not even fourth lining it out of the lineup, you know, getting sent down. To well, and the, and the, if you weren't one of those, like the big shots, right? Like I know yeah. my, my age, there's like Derek Roy and Spezza and those guys. And like, they were like, they were highly, highly touted. If you weren't one of them and you knew yeah. the guys, they didn't look like yeah. they're having much fun in the OHL <laughs> getting well, traded different yeah. cities, right. Traveling all over on yeah. buses. And it's like, that doesn't look like much fun. I'll play in Elmira with my buddies and see if I get a scholarship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> guys, you know, guys that said, you know, this guy, the only reason I'm not playing is because the guy playing in front of me was their third round pick. And, you know, I'm the sixth round pick and the scouts don't want to look bad or, you know, lots of politics too, but I mean, there's well, that happens out. everywhere. That's, so there yeah. was lots of reasons why, but ultimately I wanted to go the college route is what yeah. I decided. I'm in. Roscoe, how, so how do you end up in New Hampshire, though? There had to have been uh, the OHL shit, or what was it called back then? OHL? Or well, OHA? it wasn't. Uh, well, it was never drafted. Uh, it wasn't. I don't think it was called the OHL. It was a Junior A League. Like, they had the Junior A League. Then they had the Tier 2 Junior A League that Guelph played in at that, at that time. So then I, like I said, I got invited to the Toronto Marbles camp, which was Junior A. So the guys that I, were in camp when I was there was Bruce Boudreau who's coaching uh, Vancouver and uh, John Anderson was a, a big name guy that, uh, that was there in camp when I was there, they were on the team. So I was uh, trying to make the team. They were, they were, the, they were the studs of the team. Yeah. Yeah. They were on it. Didn't, yeah. Didn't make it. But then when um, New Hampshire, the Flanagan's just hooked me up with New Hampshire. I went there for a visit. Um, I was recruited by the university of Michigan as well. I went there for a visit. Is that right? That's a that's a cool arena. Yeah, that's uh, real, it, real cool area. Me and me and Dan McPherson went down there for a weekend visit on the train, but uh, just kind of decided to stay with um, to go to New Hampshire because there was a bunch of teammates that I knew were already there. 
and another teammate. That would make things way easier going somewhere you already know people for sure, especially when you're crossing borders. Um, That's another thing. I totally almost forgot about this and things crossed my mind while you guys are talking. But um, when we're talking about getting a scholarship and like turning it down, um, Northeastern offered me to go as a true freshman. So I'd be going the year before Western Michigan when I'm like 17 turning 18 in November. And it wasn't a full scholarship. I don't know. Like their school was like too expensive or something. They said only one player on their team got a full ride. I didn't buy it, but either way, if they would have made that a full ride, it's hard to turn down. But Mm -hmm. uh, the coach of that team research team found it was on university of New Hampshire with you. Also got a participation medal, Bruce Crowder. Yeah. Bruce Crowder. Yeah. He was a senior when I was a uh, freshman. He's from Essex. See, that's what's interesting about yeah. like the small town is that's who was recruiting me and trying to get me to go to Northeastern as a guy you went to school with. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I found it interesting though. I went down there for like a recruiting trip and like, I never got any FaceTime with the coach and it's like, you talk about, it's like, how much do you want me? I went yeah. to Western Michigan. I thought the coaches were going to service my mother under the table. <laughs> <laughs> well, what Clay and Jim wasn't doing that, wasn't he? <laughs> well, you could tell they wanted me. That's all I'm saying, right? It's nice to feel wanted. It's nice to feel wanted. Even my mother and father felt wanted, right? <laughs> but when we go to Northeastern, it's like your parents weren't even invited to come see the place. They want you to go as on your own, which is makes sense. You yeah, going to be yeah. a big boy. Um, my, my parents never went either to. Uh to see the school i just that was all on my own that different time though in the maybe i was a mummy's boy back in when i was 17 eh? i think my parents were just curious to see what was going on and wanted to see the school but i remember going downtown boston i was like jeepers i'm not ready for this (laughs) yeah from coming from almira it would have been a shock to the body for you to go there it really was there was like trains and stuff going through the city or whatever they're called yeah it was nuts there's people everywhere (laughs) boston's one of one of my favorite cities i've been in that city a lot so i look because we're only an hour north of new hampshire so so where is new hampshire that's not well it was in durham it was in durham new hampshire so it's about an hour north up up interstate 95 just uh see it's wherever people live they know what it's like around there i've never been out there i don't know anything yeah, about it east coast is that's east coast is great i it's a great place to be yeah and how big's that city town well the durham the durham uh, the town of durham was pretty small actually there was only um kind of like kalamazoo like it's like a college town oh, way smaller way, way smaller. smaller yep it was it was like elmira yeah is that right and are they still good at hockey? They used to always be good. They're always good. They've they've taken a bit of a uh, a back seat uh, in the hockey East lately. But um, I always find it interesting because, like Western Michigan, Rito, where we went, I always thought that place had everything you ever needed to be a powerhouse. It when I went there, I felt like I it it just made sense, right? It just felt like a great place to play. Then you get the loss and lunatics going and I see them play the other schools and you get the band playing, you get the drunk students on one side. It was mayhem. 
Yeah, it was great. I, it's one of those things where you couldn't imagine why would anyone want to play anywhere else? Yeah, and then by the time we left, we didn't even really like hockey very much. <laughs> wow, it's... Guys yeah. going now love hockey when they because they the-, the Western Michigan <laughs> is ranked in the top five of the country right now, right? No, yeah, sure. And it's uh, they always had everything you needed to be good, right? Yeah. And what, New Hampshire it, is not in the top twenty right now. Right, and maybe it's a small town like Elmira. <laughs> <laughs> no maple syrup. What there. was what was the barn like? What's the New Hampshire arena like? Oh, it was. It's a brand new barn now. Uh, well, aren't they probably, all? Everybody's probably, got new. Probably rooms. twenty years old, but we. Um, we had a big ice surface. Um, I think it's seated. I'm going to say 3000, maybe something like that. And when we were winning, it was sold out all the time. So my, my my freshman year, my senior year, we were winning, went to the final four of those, both those years. And, uh, it was sold out all the time. We'd be walking to the rink to get for pregame. Um, just, just walking through the rink, there'd all already be lineups, of students like what you guys were talking about the other the other night there too right so so that would that would happen especially when you're winning for sure i remember like when there were times when we were at western michigan i guess it was always till about christmas right um we were always good we were always doing really well at the start of seasons or whatever and um there'd be times you're playing michigan michigan state and there's fans wrapped around the building and it just makes hockey so much fun right and then yeah, i was when we would take we would take like an extra lap around the rink just because you'd be driving up the road and you'd be like wow look at the lineup you'd have to go check it out right so we drive a lap around the arena just to see how big the line was well and it would just it would make your heart like start racing and you're showing up to the rink like i'm so ready to play yeah. like i was, love i love hockey and i can't wait to play yeah play a game it's like same in junior B when the Coltons were playing the shirt Kings didn't matter if it was in the old Elmira arena or the Coltons arena, like you show up and there's a lineup around the door. She's go time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know, in Elmira, you could, you could go in there at five o'clock and lay your blanket down and nobody would take that spot. Well, yeah. nice people, but that is a bit of bogus. Uh, <laughs> that's a bit of a horse manure. Eh? Just put your blanket down at five o'clock and that's my spot. Sorry. <laughs> reserved it. <laughs> Go back and have dinner and then come back for the seven o'clock game. Yeah. And uh, you're right. You're right. You know what it's like? It's like putting your towel down at the all-inclusive resorts. On yeah, the exactly. on the beach. Exactly. Yeah. No one can take that seat. Sorry, folks. I got up, hung over at seven. I put my blight or my towel down on this chair at 7 a.m. You can't have this chair the rest of the day. It doesn't matter if I'm here or not. That's right. Yeah. My chair. <laughs> Elvira owned that rink, and I remember you'd let some parents in. You'd be like, "Here, go put your blanket down. Like, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Come back and pay." The first time I played a game at Elmira in the old barn, it was like, like we show up for the bus drops us off, right? And you're loading this stuff, and I, you're kind of taping your stick or whatever, and you're standing around. I'm like, "Man, this place is tiny." And then you're looking around, and I'm like, "Why is there blankets everywhere?" <laughs> you know, one of the Oh, that's everyone. That's everyone saving their seats. And sure enough, you see them trickling in, picking up their it's, it's, blanket. They left the blankets there because it was minus thirty in the arena. They <laughs> sit on too. It was quite the barn. 
that's why I always like playing in smaller ice. And I, you know, you get used to playing smaller ice. And then you get the big ice, man. That's a lot of skating. That's a lot of skating. Yeah. So Ross, I've never seen you play hockey before, eh? but I've hung out with you a lot. I give people player reviews on here, but I don't know if I'm ready yet. <laughs> I give people player reviews based on how they pod and talk to me. Oh, is that right? Okay. All right. Uh, so yeah. I need, I need to know, I need to hear this. Yancey, well, Yancey would know where this all originated from. This was our senior trip. Sean Weaver, may you rest in peace. Do you remember that around the fire? Yeah. He broke down everybody based off of how they played hockey. Yeah. No, I remember. But he had never seen us play hockey. No, he knew exactly how every one of us played though. <clears throat> yeah, he did. And uh, he went around the room or the fire and labeled everybody. And from that day on everybody i met and like you talk to them and you get to know them and you're like huh they play like their personality huh so do you want it now ross i don't know if i'm ready i think i should wait a bit maybe one more beer whenever you're ready okay (laughs) well i don't know okay i'll just do it i think i'm gonna do it i think i'm gonna do it hold on ready cabinet maker mayfield brewing company Okay, I've never seen you play. Let me know if I'm on track here, okay? Well, Reed, Reed, can, Reed can let you know. Oh, yeah, I'll give you the yeah. You what do you mean? You were done we, in 82. We, He's not born in 84. Thursday, he doesn't play every know Thursday he's... night. I've been, I've play... been watching him play hockey since I was since I can remember. Yeah, well my, well, my kids, old-timers. my kids' memory of me playing hockey was playing for the Ripley Wolves. So yeah, I, I don't, don't... same way on but... one leg. Yeah, yeah, that's a fat so. <laughs> <laughs> so I I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. <clears throat> You're gonna stretch for these. Okay. No, hold on. I need no, I'm ready. So, anyways, just pouring my cabinet maker from the Bayfield Brewing Company. You guys don't live far from them. But anyways. <laughs> Ross, I would say you're you're uh you're you were a good skater, but uh you're you're a strong little bugger. You could you could hit, you could hit, and you could battle in the corners. And uh, but you would still be on the power play. You'd get some points, maybe second unit, you know, if your team's good, you're on the second unit. Um, but you uh you uh hit hard for a little guy, skated well, and um stop giving me thumbs up. I'm well, I was just focus. confirming your fucking theory. You're I'm like... trying to get in the groove here, man. You're <laughs> okay, giving me perfect. thumbs up. Good gosh. Um, but you're also like a team guy. And that's why, like, I love you so much is like, you know, that teams need to be teams. You know, that it's not just the players on the team. It's the parents. You show up at the U club. You're always involved. It's because hockey makes families and you, you understand what it takes to win and get participation medals in college is that it takes everybody. It takes the whole crew. It takes the parents. It takes people being happy playing hockey to win. And you were always trying to do that. And I know you wanted us to be better at Western Michigan, uh, but you're just a team guy that like yourself second unit, mainly offensive, but can hit harder than you would think for a little defenseman. Yeah. I don't think you're too far off there, Wally. 
I got sidetracked. Fucking Yahtzee was giving me thoughts. Well, I was, trying to make, I was trying to let you know that you were I, on the right track. Uh, yeah, then I, I, I should have just shut my eyes and went with you it. Know, one time, I, once I started looking and I saw your thumb going up and down <laughs> like you are in the closet at the U Club, I was done. <laughs> I remember one time watching a, uh, a no bump league game in Woodstock. This would have been, I mean, like, you know, I was probably like 12 or something, you know, too young to be, you know, whatever. Anyways, I watch, there's this one guy on the other team, this big dummy skating around, being an idiot all game. And he goes into the, dad had the puck on the wall and he came and he kind of rubbed him out a little hard and dad whacked him one as he skated off. And, you know, he was fed up with this asshole all game. And this guy had probably had, eight inches 10 inches on him and you know 50 pounds and dad speed bagged this guy <laughs> it was the greatest thing ever it was a no bump no contact game and he beat his pants off of this young kid that was skating out like an idiot all game because the whole team of old he was maybe the youngest guy in his old timers team but still beat this guy up because everyone on the team was sick of this guy's shit all game well and that's no what bumping. and that's what i mean it's like you don't take no horse shit yeah. and and that's why you've ran a successful business for so long is because like you're a leader and you're a guy that keeps everybody in check and uh that's uh the people play hockey like their personalities and that's why when a guy's being a punk you're like that shit doesn't happen on my ice <laughs> Does not on his watch. No, no that's horse shit. <laughs> uh, no, but... I wasn't. I wasn't much of a fighter in junior. I I fought twice. In junior B, I fought twice. The same guy, the same game. We we came out of the box and we fought the second time. So that was my two fights. And you in only junior, fought twice in junior, and then I fought uh, a few times in senior, and then a few times in old timers hockey, just because guys were getting stupid and. Uh, it was ridiculous. The old timers ones are the ones that it's like, okay, someone's gonna have to fight this guy, guys. And I guess I, it's me, I guess. But that's, it was, oh, God. I played old timers when I first moved to Kikard. Like, I'd go out and, like, I wanted to meet people because I didn't know anybody in town, but, like, I didn't really want to play hockey. <laughs> but I would go, I'd play, and then. It was awful. It was the worst oh, experience hockey. of my life. But if I tried, the other team hated me. And if I didn't try, my team would be like, what are you doing? But then, yeah, like, then, like, if you if you did a move and you went around someone, they would take it personal or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're getting hacked and you're like, oh, yeah. what am I doing out here? Why am I getting hacked playing hockey? I don't even want to be, I don't even want to do this. I just wanted to have beers with guys I didn't know. <laughs> Yeah. 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 But I had to get through the game to get to that point. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you dealt with the game to get to the beers. And then I realized All I just got to go to my fucking shed. <laughs> Skip Not, the game altogether. No, nobody can slash me out here. Nobody can hit me out here. <laughs> it's like it's like in the dressing room, right? Having beers in the dressing room after the game. And that's the shed is like I, that. That's all. That's everything I wanted to do in hockey, and that's all I have to do now, <laughs> right? Forever. God, sometimes it's fun, you know. Okay, random questions then, because I got just random notes for when having both you on. <clears throat> One player you played with at University of New Hampshire, I think I know the name, and I think it's from the movie Miracle on Ice. Research team is hot. 
Is it Ralph Cox? Was he on that movie? Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. He Is actually, he the guy that uh, gets cut? He was the guy that got cut at the end. Um, oh, and he, just he was before, your buddy? Just before they took the team. So Neil Broaden, uh, or sorry, Herb Brooks was the uh, was the coach, as everybody knows, right? And, yeah. Uh, but Ralphie Cox was a senior when I was a freshman. And when I was a freshman, I was on the power play. And him and I were on the point. And I would get the puck and I would pass it to him. And he would score and I would get a point. <laughs> perfect <laughs> his numbers were outrageous he was a d-man he's, no he's a forward but um I th- he might still hold uh, the the highest scoring uh, record in new england hockey uh, yeah he was, he was that good it wasn't a great skater but i i would see him in the corner two or three guys would be in the corner on him and all of a sudden he's past those two or three guys going in the net Putting the puck in the net, he was just magical with the puck. And he was the guy. So when I'm thinking about the movie, he's the guy at the very last second. They just do their big team thing and the football fight outside, and then he gets called in, and he's like, "I hate to do this, but you're gassed." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the guy. And you knew him. Yep, cool. played with him. Yep, he's a good cool. guy. Yeah, that sucks that happened for him. Sorry, yeah. Coxie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so what else do we got? Okay. Favorite Western Michigan memory, whatever you want to say right now, we'll start with Reed. Wow. Like, like I, I, it's, I'm not talking. Let's, let's really go, fun. let's go off. Ice. Let's go off ice first. Let's go I mean, off. I mean, on, on ice is maybe an easier question. Why don't we do on ice? Do you have an on ice? best memory my favorite my, my best memory mm-hmm. oh man there's a lot of those too like like my our mode like we don't have a lot of the triumphant moments really for a memory for like a best memory that way like i mean probably a, no my most infamous memory might be the miracle minute that we suffered that defeat we suffered that's a fairly memorable because i was on the ice for one of those goals against which one was that? that? No. The miracle minute in Miami. We were up like two goals with like a minute and a half left and ended up losing in regulation. Remember that? Is that what they called it? Miracle. They called it the miracle minute. And yeah, but yeah, that, that, I mean, that's something that was pretty memorable. Probably one of the, another memorable one was when uh, Pat Dwyer and Cookie fought. That was memorable. <laughs> two roommates going toe to toe on the ice and absolutely filling each other's faces with punches but that then you was- you also fought vince bellissimo in a practice yeah, no, that was i i i fought fought josh josh Ackright as a freshman and he was a senior that was six four he slew foots me it, so this is what i don't get right like i you know i coach u11s now and shout out to my boys you know they just got their new shirts and we we got playoffs starting tomorrow night in key ontario one of the best barns in in the world you know it's a barn. And have you guys been to that rink? Keedy? Keedy, Ontario. Wow. The place. It is quite the rink. <laughs> <laughs> if you thought Stratford or Elmira was small, this is something else. <laughs> this is like that back Ferris yachts. <laughs> yeah. Like Anyways, what was I talking about? I got sidetracked because I talked started talking about my kids and I can't wait to play tomorrow or coach. 
think you're on the Reed's uh, memories in Western Michigan. Yeah, cookie fighting. We were talking about oh fighting. the fighting. So you fought Bolesmo. I fight Ack, right? But like in a practice, right? <clears throat> you're I think doing my a drill. Accurate, legit, like slew foot me. We're doing a one-on-one drill or whatever, and I beat him, and I'm going past him, so he legit slew foots me. And like as a coach, you'd think you'd blow that down and be like, "Listen, guys, like we don't need guys getting hurt out here. Like we're a team. Like let's be a team." Instead, I felt like I had to fight him to be like, "Well, I'm not taking that shit from you." And I need to prove myself out here. And then I'm fighting a guy that literally could have beat the shit out of me if he yeah, wanted he to. Probably, yeah. yeah, and he didn't. He was a nice guy about it. But, like, the slew foot could have really hurt me, too. <laughs> yeah. That's, well, we did a lot of things that could hurt each other in practice. That was the problem with practicing so freaking hard. Man, some of those, like, do you remember there was a drill where ah. <laughs> uh, like they would there'd be three on two in front of the net three forwards two d and the d like didn't have blades on their stick or whatever and they yeah. were turned upside down and then uh brooksy would fire clappers from the point into the crowd i remember but like it was full war yeah that, yeah and if you weren't trying to kill each other you were like not in it it was as like the as the two defenders we were foreboding to like <laughs> To play the puck. If the puck was in when our- did you start speaking German? Well, that was that's the word, isn't it? We were verboten not- is forbidden. Yes, you are You're right. Not allowed. To I do, I can speak German. I could I could shoot the puck with the knob of my stick, like I had enough skill to shoot the puck with the knob of my stick. But if I did that, Jim would say you shouldn't be looking at the puck. Look at his chest and cross. You can't cross check with your stick on the ice. No, basically. Okay. The only thing that, like, I'm a, I'm an advocate um, of stick on puck in hockey. Um, it's as a, as a skilled guy, when there's a stick in your way, when you're trying to pass it to someone, if there's a stick in between you and the other guy, you got to, like, sauce it. You got to stick handle around handle. it. But yeah. if you are skating full speed with your stick in the air just trying to kill people, the guy can take the hit and still make the play and still make it tape-to-tape pass food for thought yep stick on puck is the uh 2000 version or the 2020 version 2010 version for sure yeah it was the 2000 version you're just playing with the 1996 version no i do i just man those battles we used to go through like we would leave practice more injured than playing games more tired i would look forward to the games it was like a break we we really excelled at napping after those practices because they were exhausting you especially excelled at napping you're the best napper i've ever met by the way you think i'm the best napper you're the best napper by far the best napper what do you mean by best like you you needed okay for example it was five minutes before we had to go to practice like we were gonna leave at let's just throw a number 130 we were gonna leave for practice that's when we were gonna walk out the door get in the car and go to practice at 123, Wally would announce from the couch, you know what, I'm going to have a quick nap. And he'd get up, walk to his room, he'd strip completely naked. He would set his alarm for four minutes later. He would have a three and a half minute nap and he'd wake up and he'd get dressed and he'd walk as we were standing up and right into the car to practice. And he did this like 
That's called five a drooler. Times a day, That's called a drooler. Times a That's day. called a drooler. Sometimes you did it 10 times a day. I'm going to have a quick nap. And sometimes it was four minutes. Sometimes it was seven. Once in a while, you'd mix in like a 10 or 15 but minute I, nap. I couldn't believe, well, like I, I could do the full thing if I had the opportunity, yeah. but we didn't have the yeah. opportunity. You didn't have the opportunity. So am I going to sit around, talk to you like a negative, or am I going to go have have a drooler and be ready to rock? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you're the best. You know what? I'm still, I'm still fantastic at it. (laughs) (laughs) You guys have no idea. No, I have a a fantastic idea. Actually, I think I have four years experience of that. I think I, I think at our adult sleepover when we decided to play NHL 22 late night, I think I might have had one that night. You were sleeping between shifts during the games. And I think I still beat you. You're like, oh, he's got the fuck off a nap until my guy has it again. Yeah, you did. You beat me through sleep. I couldn't figure out how to pass. I kept did I actually beat you? I thought I fell asleep in the middle of the game. Yeah, but the time ran out. I was shooting on a on nobody for a while i think you were up too many for me to come back <laughs> that's just talent folks <laughs> <laughs> oh shit so what was college like with no internet ross <laughs> well no internet no uh no cell phones uh yeah that was as you could tell the research team was hot today i got a lot of great questions <laughs> yeah, yeah well... We had we had a phone and uh, there was one phone at the end of our dorm that uh, half the dorm used on the the bottom floor and there was a phone at the other end of the dorm that the other half the dorm used on the bottom floor. There's so one fo- phone for all the kids to like call one phone home. In the hallway, yeah, to call home, yeah. So it's like Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, I never saw that movie, but uh, you never a- saw Revenge of the Nerds. Is that, is that a series? <laughs> no, That's- really, I didn't. I'm, that's like the classic. That's like we a never, classic. We never, we never had TVs either. Holy fuck! How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but we certainly, yeah, it was, uh, it was different. I'd, I'd call Rose once a week on the phone. Oh, so you already had her? You already had her when you went there? Well, my freshman and sophomore. We year, okay. Let's go. Let's get. We haven't had a love story in a while. Oh, <laughs> how how did you and Rose meet? Well, we met in high school, and then. Um, and she let you up, go to University of New Hampshire, but went, she said, "Get back right away." Went to university for the first two years, and then we got married after my second year, and she moved down there for a year and say three, what three now? Years. We were married after my sophomore year. Why? <laughs> Well, if you weren't even the only ones on the team married, though, that's the best. Oh part. no, we had three or four guys. I thought married. people were getting married quicker. Now you're telling me you? Oh, I oh, guess not. Oh. You're. Oh, it was our. I'm they so lived confused. Like the family, the family dorms is where they lived. We lived in the fair, uh, married uh, married students apartments uh, in my last two years, and our daughter Rawlson was born there. In university? Yeah. <laughs> We, had, uh, we probably had four guys in the team. <laughs> so no wonder you wanted to live it up at the U club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I missed, I missed a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. You're being a big bitch. <laughs> we had, uh, we probably had three or four guys in the team that were married and uh, at least, at least two guys that had kids, two or three guys that had kids in the team. In college. In college, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, that was what people did back then, Wally. They got married at 19, 18, and they had kids by 22, like 21. 
like Trojan wasn't a real company back then. Right. Right. Yeah. No, you guys were just uh, playing the game. Yeah, like there's people in college when we were there with kids, Wally. It's just they weren't playing most of them. They weren't on the varsity teams. <laughs> <laughs> Trojan really saved some lives, or not saved some lives, but changed things, right? Yeah, saved some lives being created. The night, the night that Rawlsman was born, she was born in New Hampshire. That morning, I was supposed to be getting on a, on you're a bus. A, you're, a, you're a senior in college when your daughter's being born? I was a senior, yep. You didn't do that junior year, right? We're, we're taking the uh, bus to Boston, flying to, to Cornell. I had missed it, and I never even called the coach because there was no phones to call. So he just assumed that we're – Well, he would have known, known that your, Maybe wife, the guy your the, wife is pregnant in college. Oh, yeah, I would have known that, yeah, for sure, yeah. But that's crazy. So like you didn't, you just didn't show up for the bus and like they don't, there's back then there was like, you couldn't even call anywhere to be like, Hey, where are you? It was just well, like, my, team, my bus, teammate, uh, my teammate upstairs, he was married too, no kids, but he was, he went to the game. So he, I forget if I told him, uh, I probably never knocked on his door at three in the morning and said, Hey, we're going to the hospital to have a baby. He just probably assumed that we were gone. And this, we were, and this is in the family dorms you gotta this is in the marriage apartment dorms well marriage apartments it was a one bedroom apartment but it was all married couples there <laughs> I... different times wally different yeah, times. the u club was like daryl said it was a one-time deal right never gonna happen again no. to have four guys that are from towns in ontario all like an hour from each other to all yeah end up being roommates at Western Michigan together. That's not going to, that doesn't happen. No, no, especially not now that they're all Americans. <laughs> no, and like no. if the research team sees it like that, that w- will not happen again. Daryl's right. Like what the time we had was something else. Well, when all the parents that went there, like it just wasn't us three or four, you three or four guys, the parents that came back, it was, uh, you know, all the other parents too. Some of the freshmen's parents came back there. Like it was, uh, oh, it was well, the place to be. Well, and that's where I got to say where it's like yourself and Rose and my parents and the Moors and the stretches, like everybody was welcome. It was the same with us. Like we were a team. We were more of a team off the ice and we were more of a hockey family off the ice than we were when we went to the rink. Yeah. yeah, you know, and 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 it, 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 it's tough because like when it, like y'all love each other and y'all want to win so bad, and yeah, it just was tough, tough times in the hockey world. But like we had so much fun at that U Club, made man, <laughs> made up for it. We sure did, <laughs> but we gave her every time we played. Like we played as hard as we possibly could. Right. And we did everything oh, asked of us yeah. for all four years. They asked us to do our best at everything we did. And we did. Right. We did it. Sure. We drank hard and we skated hard and we, I'm going to bring this up. I don't care. Whatever. It's my shed. I can talk about whatever I want. You almost died. Yeah. Yeah. And so as a dad, what are you thinking when you hear about these workouts and your son almost dies at university? Well, we had four and a half hours to think about it. 
because we had to drive. The doctor said that there's a chance that he won't make it. So we're, we're driving for four and a half hours to try and get there as quick as we can to uh, Kalamazoo Hospital. So it was, uh, it was something else for sure, yeah. 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 It was something else. Yeah. And then after, uh, so I, I mean, whatever happened, but I, was it not, it was the day where we ran five miles or however far I, I think I was injured that day and I couldn't we run. Did, uh, no, we did uh, like an hour running the stairs in the stadium first. And then we ran and then we, and then we got, and then we got September, to the finish August. line and then they said, turn around and do it again. Right. Did we have to do more water? I don't remember, but either way, I I got through the end of all of it, and I I remember everything. But like the you last crossed the finish minutes. line, you finished it just like we always did. Everything yeah. they put in front of us, we we did. We smashed yeah. it. We did it right, even if it didn't make sense. I just but- remember we were coming up over that bridge to. Uh, like at the final end of the run, we were coming to, over the last stretch. And I, it was like the first time we did like a workout in college, like that was running and endurance that I like stayed with the group. Like that I was you, so pumped. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? Usually like the last, the two years before that, I was so far behind everyone. You know what I mean? I would have came in five minutes later. I was right with the pack and I was with the group. I was so pumped and everyone starts sprinting to the end. And I just remember feeling like I was running like the speed of light. It felt like I was smoking. And they said, I came around the corner and I remember everyone zipped past me. That was the last thing I kind of remember was thinking how fast I was running and that everyone was running way faster than me. And then I was all by myself. And then that, that was when I, that was the last thing I remember. And then they said, I came around that corner and I was, Looked like I had clown shoes on, and I was like, arms were flailing. You were, yeah, hobbled to the last like fifty feet or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, so that I don't remember any of that. The last, the next thing I remember from everyone was running faster than me, and then it, from then on, it felt like a dream. I remember waking up uh, from when they were giving me the defibrillators to to, to so like you, you woke up while they were giving you the de- defibrillator. It was my heart was in AFib, so it was just like it was beating. It just was beating irregularly, so they shocked her to like reset it twice in the ambo. And, and you woke, but that's when you woke up. No, I just remember like, oh, you remember then, that part? Uh, like when they were was, doing it? You know what I mean? It was like being in a completely dark room and someone flicking the lights. So off. I, I think what happened, like I, I actually do remember, but it was like I had we had done the stairs or whatever so i had something wrong with me but you guys went out for your run and i came out to like be with you guys when you finished and then i saw you like stumble across the line and i was like holy like he doesn't look good and um yeah it was a wild day and i remember the the next I forget. Like it was a couple of days later after, and someone said uh, it was the trainer Brian Power was the was like our our physio trainer or whatever, and he was the guy who like 
came when I came around the corner and like collapsed. He was the first one there. And I remember that the runs were timed. B was a beauty. Remember? But they all... remember how the runs, those runs that year, we timed every run and you had to beat your time every consecutive run after that. It was the same run every time. And I remember, well, I, they told me that I asked this after, but I finished the run and like collapsed and I was laying on the ground and my face was gray. And I asked Brian Bauer, I said, what was my time? That was what I was concerned and, about. And that, as I was and, like, and that and, right. You were like dying. And, so, you, and I was worried about what my time was for the fucking run because I wanted to make sure I got a good time. It's like, <laughs> and, and then minutes, minutes later, they put the paddles on you. Yeah. Five minutes Wait. later. Uh, and then after so that after they do that um and they had to cut your shirt off you hung it up oh, in yeah. your room the rest Those of the, the, our, the rest of our senior year you hung up the shirt they cut off you for the paddles <laughs> right? yeah it stayed, stayed on the wall the thing wasn't getting thrown out no <laughs> oh no but it was uh whatever happened to that tattered old shirt it's interesting like when like you talk to... yeah anyways it was uh some of the workouts we did it's like it's weird because you you know when you work out or even when you bag skate like there's times where like you get very lightheaded right and you're like oh holy shit like am i going yeah. down right now <laughs> right yeah. it happens all the time when you're bag skating i think maybe it's because i'm fat i don't know <laughs> Happened all the time. That guy that we had. (laughs) I just I can't believe that actually happened though. That they did the paddles and that you're all okay. And like to think of that happening, like there was no nobody even really found out, right? Except our team. We were the only ones that knew. And like Roscoe, so you're driving four and a half hours, like wondering if it's my son okay, right? Yeah. Well, we knew it was, oh yeah, if it was going to be okay or not, for sure. And then when we got, by the time we got there, I think some things had settled down pretty good. And you had spent a few nights in the hospital. I forget exactly, read the, the amount of time. I spent a few days in the hospital. And so yeah. there's a certain thing yeah. in my blood to be better. And then they let me go, yeah. And they said they had to wait for the, some of the counts because the paddles made your counts, some of your counts go up. How long? How long? That was right at the start of the season. That was like our first workout of the year. So that was the workout. It was like September. Yeah. Yeah. Before hockey started, yeah. So So then, did you miss games because of that, or was? Yeah, I didn't play my first game until like November that year. That was our junior year, right? So I didn't play. That was only the junior year. That was our junior year. You'd have to look at hockey DB, but I think that was. I think I I definitely played more game like I didn't play the full season like my senior year I played every game I think but that year I maybe missed uh the start the start of the year and then I was in and out of the lineup that year like I don't think I, I well maybe I wasn't in the lineup but I definitely was not I was maybe like a five or six guy that year I don't remember I didn't play as many games old as the next year and the year before yeah it's uh that was a day I think all of us will never forget. Um, anyways, <laughs> something, something, some of the workouts we did like that, like, I mean, there's like the military mindset, right. Of like pushing harder and harder and harder. And I think that's what they were going for. But like, 
there were some times where it's like, <laughs> like yeah, the shin splints in our legs, and like we would be comp- and if we would get put out the end of a season, it was like, well, if you guys get put out, we're gonna punish you. It's not like yeah. extra work. They they punished the love of hockey away from us uh, quite yeah. a bit by the end. It that's was like school. that's uh, that's all that stuff's uh, doesn't shouldn't happen anymore because the the coaches are 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 better trained and you just can't do that yeah. anymore to, to kids. Right. Oh, and, well, and hazy sunset to- Bayfield Brewing Company. <laughs> we're all still alive and we're still kicking and it's just another tail in the yeah. shed, right? We're all fine. We're not complaining, right? You have to call this six ales and tails. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's uh, there's been different numbers. There's zero ales. There's thirty seven ales. It's really whatever happens, right? Depends on the night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's all good. So we haven't even talked about senior careers or anything like that, eh? Or coach and coop. Jeez, I don't know. Do you guys want? Are you guys tired? Ross, you're getting old, eh? I'm, I'm pretty old. I'm usually in bed for half an hour by now, but I'll, I'll, I'll tough it out. You're going to tough it out. You know, yeah, you bet, yeah. All right, here we go then. So, um, what did, did we did? Did we talk about some Western Michigan memories? Like I, I think we talked about, well, we talked about some yeah, there, but <laughs> most of, a lot of the memories, some of the best memories are probably, are, this is a family show still, right? Yep. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's a family show. <laughs> Yeah, okay. We're going to leave most it's, of the... It's, it's PG-13-ish. Or it's it's whatever you want it to be, really. It's, when you come to the shed, when you come to the shed, you make it whatever episode you want it to be. <laughs> I'm, we'll just, I'm just here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So what were the workouts like? I guess you kind of told us when you're at New Hampshire, the workouts are crazy too because you're running five miles in 35 minutes well you know during the season we didn't have any workouts we would go to the rink do our stuff and then uh, guys would work out on their own a little bit do some lifting but there's nothing organized uh, that way but in the off season we had some uh, organized dry land training and yeah but i we're working out during a season that's something that like Western Michigan, like they made us do it right. And then you get to pro and like, they like were very forceful about it. And it's like, if you wanted to do it and you like, like doing it, maybe it'd be different. But um, when you're forced to do it, it's a little different. Cause when I got to pro and nobody was forced me to do it, I'm like, well, then I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. I didn't really, we never had, we never pro. had uh, during the season, we never had workouts. No, well, during season I never did either. I was maybe I was trying to play like it was the eighties. Well, I mean, yeah, we we had to go to the gym. I remember. I specifically, especially our senior year. I think we may have talked about this on the last one. Me and Stretch would. I don't think we lifted a single thing our senior year. You guys called it making puppies, and yeah, yeah, no, we did it. We we it was a good rotation we had because we were always workout buddies. And so one of us would be at the water fountain splashing water on our shirt. The other one would be in the free weight section, like rearranging weights, basically once in a while sitting on the bench, 
doing one of the workouts that they thought well, we were doing. I don't know how you guys didn't thrive that last year. <laughs> well, we did. That was my best offensive year. I didn't lift a single weight all year. It was my best year. <laughs> I had three goals, I think, that year. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. What else do I got here? So you've coached your son though for a long time, eh? And when they mm-hmm. came to the Silver Stick, this was like your first year where you don't, you're not doing it. So, what's it been like? Uh, did you like coaching the kids? What do we got to talk about here? Because I'm doing that chip. Oh, I mean, I love coaching the kids. Um, yeah, I mean, I I've, I've been coaching his age group since novice, basically. Um, you know, it's something I enjoy and something that I'll probably do with Lenny now. Like my daughter is now coming into, uh, she'll be in you, whatever it's called now, you nine or yeah, you nine next year. So she'll be, I'll probably be helping with that. Like, it's great. It's yeah. nice this year now, Coop, like my son's U 15 now. So he's hitting and, and I'm not coaching this year, which is, again, it's different. It's kind of nice to be on the other side too, to be a parent and just kind of watch and, well, you know. we could be pretty relaxed in the stands and just watch the game, right? Exactly. You were it's with a, me. We talked about it, how different it is, right? Yeah. And instead of being behind the bench, being in control of everything, and, like, even before the game, after the game, it's a, it's a lot of work. Like, you, you got to be into it, right? Oh, yeah. Just to go to a – for me now, a Coop's hockey games, let's say we're playing a game in Tabby, I got to drop him off an hour before the game, and then I show up at game time and I watch, and then I, you know, hang around until he's out where before when I was coaching, you know, I'm, I'm down at the rink an hour before the game. I'm in the room, I'm doing things, I'm preparing for the game or whatever. Well, and then there's the practices during the week, right? Where yeah. like, yeah. you like, whether you're co-coaches, whether you're the head coach, the assistant coach, like you got to somehow talk to them to let them know what's up because you got to get yeah. to practice and have a plan. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah, exactly. So like a, for, for minor hockey coach like an hour practices especially if your kids on the team that's three hours of work for yeah. one hour practice right like you got an hour that you're an hour before and you after. gotta love it you gotta love it right so yeah you definitely have to love doing it and i love doing it it's it's nice to have a year of, to not do it but also you know am i starting to miss it now maybe a little right? i could, I, I could tell you watching the game that ref had, know, it's, uh, it's ref had a tough that, uh, game in the semis. It's a pretty small window, so when you have the chance to do it, you need to have you need to take the time, volunteer, and do it because pretty soon, you know, Coop's thirteen. He's going to be yeah. out of. He could be out of it in two or three years. Exactly. And whether he plays junior or not, who knows? But still, then then you've got then you got to follow Lenny, and then 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 those years are then those years are gone. Yeah, and, and it's crazy how fast it happens, and that's why I'm so excited for tomorrow's playoff game. It's like my kid Colby is—he's you know it'd be minor Adam back in the day, but tomorrow will be his first playoff game of his life. Yeah. He's never been on a real team because of all the baloney, and we've yeah. never really done this, and we're finally starting her out tomorrow. You know, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, good. that's exciting times. Like that's the stuff you'll remember in 10 years is like, Oh, remember when they're in midget and stuff, right. It'll be like, Oh yeah. Remember that 
remember that year when we did Wally's podcast and won, won the championship, like in Adam, it was great. Like when they're 25, they'll be shooting the shit about it. But seriously, and then like what happens when your coach like makes the whole team shirts with their names and numbers on the yeah, belt no, that say <laughs> that's the stuff that those kids remember too, right? Like but that's that's, that's the whole point of the shed is like all the fun shit about hockey is what I remember and what I want yeah. to remember. And there's a lot of negative shit, right? There's a lot of shit you go through. There's a lot of tough times. There's a lot of downs. There's a lot of ups. I like talking about the fun shit, you know, and sometimes it's good to get shit off your chest too. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Sure. yeah. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of great times for sure. I literally feel much better. Um, after a year doing this and like there's shit I had to get off my chest and I had to talk about it. And it's like, yeah. it's like coming out to my sheds. Like I'm coming out to my uh, mental health therapist. Yep, yep. <laughs> Should be a coach there. You can lay on. Yeah. I don't need, I don't need a couch. I just stand because I have so much energy. How do you like, I, I do crash and burn now that I have so much energy and like, I wake up and I'm like, let's rock. And like, eventually I'm like, okay brain needs to shut down but like yeah. i have way more energy it's like remembering yahtzee at university when he needed a stick to change the channel because we didn't have remotes right and <laughs> it's like good. it's oh. like geez when you're happy you got a lot of energy <laughs> yeah yeah for sure <laughs> i was saving my energy to have to fight you in practice probably that's, that's what i was we'd be for. battling you'd be giving me the whammy <laughs> Yeah, it's only Tuesday. I got three more practices before our game on Friday. And I, you'd be wabby at me, and I'd be trying to reverse oh, hit you as hard as yeah. I could, too. Yeah. Breaking my wrist. And then, cross-check and then we would try and hurt each other, and then we head for lunch and see how much we could eat. Yeah, see how full I can make my calf train and make it back to the table. I Only find it interesting how fat we got when we didn't even drink, like, at all. Like, Once when we were week. in college, we hardly drank. We only drank when it was full green light. We would give her tits, right? Other than that, we didn't drink. We weren't having a beer on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. It wasn't. No, we like, never had a casual three. No, never had that casuals. That was something to learn how to do as an older age, though. Maybe, maybe it was the uh, soft ice cream machine that uh, put the pounds on you. That or that or the cheese sauce one. The cheese sauce. Devastating. <laughs> that was the. That was the. Yeah. No. That single hand, that cheese sauce machine single handedly added 15 pounds to my body weight when I sprained my ankle. That remember that freshman year? I have year? always found it interesting since you've left university how skinny you've been. Because like that's when they made us work work out. Yeah, it made us. They forced us into doing all these things instead of letting us make our own fucking decision. Similar parallels to what's going on right now. I, if you could just like make your own decisions and do what you want to do, like then you get to follow your passion. And then if you want to be a hockey player, you're probably going to work out and try and be really good. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were hockey players. Supposed to I mean, when the Coltons and the Kings were playing each other, we were trying to be the best we could be. And you don't have to be forced to try and be the best you can be. Right. You can just oh, exactly. try and do that on your own. Yeah. Right. Just think it out loud in the shed again. <laughs> Okay, I got a quite. I got one random story on my own, but uh, Yancey, we played senior. I can't say Yancey because you're both Yanceys. You both played senior. I want the best senior story you got from playing 
or coaching, whatever, the best senior story you got. And I'll start with mine. Okay. Okay. So at the Ripley arena, I'm fresh out of pro. I, I had coached one season kind of partially with a few games, but then the next year I'm like, honey, I'm getting so fat. I'm so disgusting. I have to have a reason to lose weight. I need a reason to get in shape. And I would like to try and play some games for Ripley Wolves. They seem like great dudes. I want to play hockey with them. I want to help them try and be better. And I'm like, I'm going to go do this. And then <clears throat> the family heads to uh, U.S. Thanksgiving for a weekend. And, you know, I don't give many weekends to myself. And my old man comes up, episode 99, Ron Walton. And I've met a couple neighbors in town. Well, we get in one, full in one, right? <laughs> I had never drank gin before. You know, things got carried away. So then the next day, we play a game against Petrolia. Oh, I hate those squires. And, and uh, this is where I'm going. So the game is going. I go out there for warm-up. Man, the Ripley Arena small. Pucks are hitting the boards. I am so hungover from this gin. My head is killing me. And I cannot skate. I can't stick handle. I am in one still from the night before because I don't get many green lights, right? But anyways... Sober up halfway through the game. <laughs> okay. So I'm feeling better. I get a little sweat on. We're losing. I end up doing really well. I score some goals, right? And um, the team wins. We win 5-4. Um, and their captain loses their mind. He's the captain of the team, I guess, in hockey. That would mean your leader. Well, he gets Yeah, kicked. no, their captain was an idiot. So he gets kicked out of the game. And in the Ripley arena, there's the bench. And then there's two doors, really, uh, by the bench. But this guy gets kicked out of the game. And there's a guy chirping that used to play for the team that's just a, 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 sta a spectator. He's just watching the game. This guy gets kicked out the player. He comes around down the hallway, out another door, and then literally – comes with skates on full equipment everything and starts fighting the fan who used to be like this guy that's chirping them because they suck good and acre. his last name is good acre he's the guy so yeah. we're we're losing <laughs> we were losing like four one or whatever and then whatever happens we got some goals in the third right and um we're up 5-4, and then this guy gets kicked out, and he literally starts fighting our fans in the Ripley Arena in Senior A. And, like, to think back on what was happening that night in the Ripley Arena is shocking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. That's hockey in Canada, though. Yeah, as I say, that sounds a lot like senior hockey. In Passionate. Passionate folks, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, I you, mean, can, you told me a great – Petrolia Squire story from the past in Tavistock, right? Didn't they like trap you guys somewhere in the oh, hallway? Well, there's, I mean, which I got a piss. Keep going. I, I already know the story. Well, which story am I telling, Wally? <laughs> this is some dead air. <laughs> we'll just wait for him to get back, I guess. Or, or pick the story you were going to pick. I don't have well, one. I don't remember which story. I've got too many. I could have a whole two-hour podcast on Senior A. I played for 10 years. Um, 
I don't remember the story that I told him though. If I told him the story about uh, the Shelburne Muskies trapping us in the hallway with their one crazy drunk fan, or if I told oh, yeah, him, yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, I remember that story too. Yeah, I was or, actually uh, in the hallway. Yeah, yeah, that was in the playoffs. Or if it was the story about, uh, all right, Wally, I don't remember which. Did I tell you the story about the the bench clearing brawl with Petrolia, or was it the getting trapped in the hallway again the hallway the hallway. the hallway with shelburne that's so a different we, team that wasn't no that was shelburne and that wasn't even really their team the hallway one the hallway one's probably better than the, i mean the bench crane problem was pretty funny too but the hallway one's probably a better more along the lines of what happened with your story <laughs> so there was I don't know. It was, uh, we played Shelburne a couple, I think this was the second year in a row we played them in the playoffs and the year before we'd, we'd put them out. And so anyways, it's a game in Tavi and they had two, well, specifically two fans that were involved in this altercation after the game, but it was the biggest man, I think in Shelburne, this guy was like six foot five or six, like 300 pounds, a huge man. He could bear, he had to duck under the beams in the hallway in the Tabirina for the seven people. Yeah, you don't want to mess with. But, anyways, yeah. So, yeah, big, huge dude. And, uh, and then his little scrawny buddy, his buddy was like, you know, five foot three, you know, 130 pounds. So, okay, so this is the dynamic. These two guys are in the Blue Line Club and they're both crushing drinks. Like it's their last day on earth. They're drinking as many drinks as they could possibly drink. The big guy was drinking whiskey. The little guy was drinking beer, according to the. Like, you, like you just got out of loss and ice arena back in right? the day. And so anyways, so <laughs> we win the game. I forget even what the score was, but we win whatever. So it's after the game and our coach is doing like, you know, the post game debrief in the room telling us how great we are. And we're doing our little puck celebration. We were, we have a little board. We used to have a board that every time you won, you know, there was four wins per round and we'd glue the puck on the board and we'd all have a time and celebrate. So anyways, we're like in the middle of the lead up to gluing the puck, the anticipation room, everyone's all pumped up for this part because after the win and it's two points and Royals, it was two points, two joints. So if you've got two points, you have to put two <laughs> joints after inside. So we were pumped up for that too. Everything was having a great time. And this fucking drunk guy from Shelburne, this scrawny little guy, wanders into our dressing room. And so, like, our dressing room. Like a player or a fan? No, this was a fan, a Shelburne fan. So far from the Blue Line Club, it's the far opposite end of the arena. as And he comes into your room. So he strolls into our room like he owns a place and just, like, walks right in, middle of the post-game speech. And our coach just is like, man, what are you doing in here? Get out of here, right? And just like kind of shows them the door. As guy he was, should. Guy was wasted. Shows them the door. No big deal. Guy's drunk. He walks out. Nobody thinks anything of it, right? So the guy leaves. We do our post-game sally. Everything's great. Two joints, two points, two joints. Everything's done. We're having beers in the room. Everyone's getting undressed. And now everyone's starting to kind of trickle out. We're going to head up to the Blue Line Club, you know, have a couple yeah. beers. Yeah. And so the first couple guys are trickling out. And all of a sudden, there's a congregation of guys down in the hallway and all of a sudden this big huge man that's ducking under the girders as he walking down this long hallway towards us we're like someone yells boys get out of here like down the hallway towards our room 
because this big man is like on a mission. He's down coming first. down like he's and mad. He had just gotten their whole Shelburne team. He stopped at their dressing room, riled them all up. So now they're behind him coming down the hallway towards us. We're, we're talking 20 minutes after the game. Like most of the guys are undressed. We all meet right in the hallway. Like, you know what I mean? Like two, like a fucking the movie 300, the warriors meeting, you know, at the battlefronts. And there's like a brawl. We're having a brawl in the hallway. It's right by. Our, you actually like, had the brawl. Door. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're, we're this big man's throwing haymakers at everything. Guys are throwing punches at everyone. There was like, four guys wrapped around this huge guy's arms like trying to stop him from throwing punches it was may absolute mayhem in the hallway like we're talking like a five five foot wide hallway and there's like 50 guys trying to fight each other <laughs> this is just like the Ripley <laughs> hallway yeah. things happen things happen anyway that seat that senior stuff is they wild manage, someone manages to like drag this big ogre out of here cops come like he's getting arrested like things happen it was great like that's just senior hockey though but it it is really interesting right like everybody works all day they love hockey so much that like they they still got the competitive edge they still want to play they still want to try and beat someone else at something yeah and like then you get them in different jerseys and shit gets carried away yeah and like yeah that's what i mean and this was a (laughs) <laughs> these were two guys it was a complete like the, the, the drunk guy forgot how he got kicked out of a room went and told his bigger drunk buddy that we assaulted him basically and they came down to start a fight is like well and that's uh, it's like when i talk in my shed it's like that's those are the type of dudes that like they ruin hockey teams they ruin everything it's like yeah you get guys around like that changes everybody's dynamic well, I mean, ultimately, we won the series, so yeah. So there you go. Well, that's but, well. Yeah. Did you win the fight? Well, I mean, I mean, there, yeah, no, probably not. But it's they had right. the biggest. They had the biggest guy in the fight. So okay, Roscoe, you got you played some senior when you got out of New Hampshire, eh? And you you had to get home to Rose to make old Rito because Roslyn was already there in the dorms, eh? <laughs> You were yeah, probably well, drinking played... cheese sauce and making babies. <laughs> <laughs> well, the cheese sauce wasn't flowing uh, that well at the time, but yeah, I, I don't have any real great memories. I just know I played a few different times. You weren't uh, on ever any good teams that like came never, close. Never won a championship in, in senior. Yeah, we won one in senior. We never did. Um, you did know... win. We won one. Yeah, it was Avistock not... won. It might have been the year. It might have been the year of the Shelburne fight in the hallway. It might have been the year we won. Actually, that probably brought us together. Yeah, we, fights bring right? teams together. Yeah, we want to. No, say like actually, for, actually, uh, when when you see shit that goes on in the NHL now, and you see people not fight, you're like, that doesn't bring teams together. Like when shit like that happens, if somebody goes and fights somebody, that's gonna bring a team together. Like. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Back the sure. team dynamic is not what it used to be. It's all about how skilled they are and how they can do all these fancy moves. Like, the, the, yeah, like the team dynamic is not what it was, right? Yeah, yeah. Weird times in the hockey world. But senior was quite the time, and I'm happy I did it. 
I met so many people around this area and it made Concord feel like home and Ripley, right? Like my kids go to Ripley. I played there, met a bunch of people. And it, like, I go there to a game now and I know everybody in the rink basically. Right. That's what you hockey does for you. Yeah. At the U at the U seven match we watched on the weekend, you definitely were a celebrity in that arena. Why? I don't know. Everywhere we went, it was like, oh Wally, you know, hey, that was the this that. Oh yeah, shooting the shit about you getting stuck in the side road and I, I've I've lived here now for like six years. I know people now. Yeah, yeah I <laughs> Took know. me it's some time. Funny. It's just funny. It's funny. Yeah. I had to like you know took me some time i had to warm up you know it's like when you join a new team in hockey you gotta like you can't be yourself until like they get to know you and then once they get to know you you're like well this is me yeah (laughs) believe it yeah and then it's like yeah this is me (laughs) take it or leave it yeah yeah and uh, my U11 team's going to kick the shit out of that team in Kitty tomorrow. Kitty, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm going to go on Google Maps and find out where that is. Try and find the rig. <laughs> you could drive right by it when your GPS is saying that's the rig, and you're like, can't be the rig. <laughs> no, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way. That's a bird. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, oh, hold on. Then you go inside, you're like, that's the best rink I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, it's awesome. I can't wait to play there tomorrow or coach there tomorrow. Yeah, that'll be good. Team's going to be buzzing. What else do we got? Roscoe, you got anything else for me before we shut her down? Let's see here. Oh, do you know who Jeff Hicks is? Jeff Hicks. um, He was. Yes, I do. Do you? I think I do. I'm trying to think where I know that name from. Sports writer for the KW record back in the day. Oh, yeah, back. Yeah, that's right. Okay. uh, Colleton's and Sure Kings. Do you know my website maker, clothes maker guy in the UK told me that there was a hoodie ordered in Canada? Been my neck of the woods. And I said, well, who was it? Jeff Hicks. Oh really? Okay, all right. He's yeah. ordered a hoodie and it's on his way. He's he's getting it made and it's coming to Jeff Hicks in Canada. And that's the sports writer from when we were Sure Kings and Colletons. So yeah, still right? Still right? Remember the name? Yeah. He he's still giving her. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm not sure what he's all doing now, but he's ordered a hoodie. Yeah. Nice. I think it's maybe, really cool that like Jeff Hicks could be walking cold. around with two ales and hockey tails. I remember. Hoodie. I remember many a Saturday mornings. He had the a boy. great play with words, didn't he? Like he he, he played with words wonderfully. Article in the paper, being upset that he was critical of the team or whatever, right? Like, but like we, everyone <laughs> he, read his articles about. He was like the he was he was the uh, junior B Bob guy McKenzie of the Midwestern Junior B loop. He really was. He had us hanging on by a thread, and like he had a good play with words, and like. He was oh, yeah. also like honest and like he, you know, yeah. he, he he was a good reporter. Still is, from what I understand. Um, okay, Yachts, you got anything else for me or Reed? Shit, Reed, you got anything else for me before we shut her down? Oh, I mean, I I can't think of anything. I I need to get off my chest, Wally. No, it's <laughs> it's been two hours, eh? We, I mean, yeah. it's gone by pretty quick. It does happen fast when you're having yeah. fun. Time does fly when you're having fun. That's what they say, right? 
I've got about 350 stories yet to tell, but I'll do that another time. Well, and that's the thing is, it's like, I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. Like we could do it again. <laughs> I was, when you had, when you had asked about the senior A story and then you went to the bathroom there, I, me and Ross talked for the whole time about, I wasn't sure what story I could tell. I could do a two hour pod on just senior A. Like when you want to do like a senior A round table on here, Wally, I mean, I don't know how many other we, guys. We, we could do that. We could definitely do that and talk about like what it's like. It's, sure. it's, uh, I, I played some of the teams and I met some guys. I like, it wouldn't be very hard to reach out to a few guys. And be oh like, no. Well, like, let's just, have a chat about what this is like. Yeah. Cause I, I, you'd work all day and then you'd go home and like, be like, kids, I'm, I'm going to go do this. And then like, yeah. man, there's, the yeah, there, there was a time I was like ripping dudes helmets off and like kicking oh. them across the eye. I Holy was I so, can, I was so into it. And like, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't get a dollar for it. I didn't get a cent for it. I'm like, oh, no. what oh, am I got, doing? We got mileage. I lived a mile all the way from the rink. So I didn't get wow. much. My kids were going to school at Ripley. I didn't get a cent. Yeah. <laughs> I could do a two hour pod just on me and good acres battles over the 10 years. Like, well, that guy's a donkey. If you're fighting a guy in non-equipment in the Ripley arena in front of children and f- like to uh, think no, about yeah. like my children could have been at the game watching what was happening. It yeah. was mind blowing. I was on the ice watching it, but like to think oh. about it now, like there's more than a few instances with that specific team that I was involved with where it was, it was one of those things where you're in the middle of it and you're like, is this happening? And then after the game, you're kind of like sitting around having two joints after the game. You're like, remember when that happened? And everyone's like, yeah, what the fuck was that? Like, what was going on there? They were, you know, like. And oh, spe- speaking of two, hockey. so I guess whatever. This is my shit. I can talk about whatever I want, right? Speaking of two joints is our sponsor, Property Valet and Stay in Blue.ca. Is when I stayed at the Roscoe's. <laughs> when I stayed at Roscoe's uh, condo, I was staying with a fella that didn't know like these things were legal now in Canada, right? They're Boys. called they're called gummies, right? And like they may look like gummy bears, but you know they can pack a punch. And this fella had never really tried them before. Well, they were out on the cutting board, and the fella decided to try a bunch. You know, they tasted good. He ate a bunch. And man, I tell you, to change your night when I saw that. Yeah. You should have yeah. went with a few instead of a bunch, for sure. Especially when but, you use the word bunch, yeah, I can change your night real fast. Right. And then, and, and that can all happen when you stay in blue.ca, folks. Check it out. Right. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good uh, exit. I think so. And this has that's been another we, episode. That's the Ridge 202. That's the unit you want. When you're on Robert Ballet, Chateau Ridge 202. Book that one. That's Chateau what? Chateau Ridge 202. Unit Chateau 202. Ridge 202, folks. That's the unit you want. You that's can eat gummies box. off the cutting board just like that fella did that I don't know. And this has been another episode of 37 ales and hockey tales with the yachts and wally
Some people clap on the one and three. Some people clap on the two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Cobans. I'm like Pete Southdown's Van Van. I'm always speaking my mind when 